Thanks for listening to The Real Life Podcast. If you live in the Erie area, we invite you to join us in person on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or live on Facebook and YouTube by searching Real Life Assembly. Now, here's this week's message. This series has been entitled The Choice. How many know along your journey in life you've had to make a choice or two? Anybody? You've had to make some choices along the way. And that's what's important because, you see, the idea is that it is direction, not intention, that gets you to your destination. How you get to your destination is based on the choices that you and I made. How many have made good choices in your life? Come on, yeah? How many have made not-so-good choices, right? How many wish you knew then what you know now, right? And that's what I want to help us to understand. The art of navigation about getting from where you are to where you always want to be begins with trust. I mean, when we think in our everyday life, whether it's a compass, a map, or even a GPS that we use all the time to get us from point A to point B. There's a couple of big facts that we have to understand. First of all, your map has to be trustworthy. Your GPS needs to be calibrated, right? And you have to trust that what we input into that is going to get us to the destination where we are at. We have to believe that the map is correct, right? Or it would be futile to even use it to get where you think you need to be. If some of you that are a little older with me, you know, back at the beginning of air travel, how many know that there were at least three people in the cockpit of every plane? There was a pilot, There was a co-pilot, and there was what was known as a flight navigational officer. Now, today, computers have probably eliminated that position, but back in the day, there was a guy in every plane that had a job of getting you and I from where we started ultimately to where we needed to be. Now, at the end of every flight, most of the time, we were greeted by the pilot. How many know what I'm talking about, right? When the plane linked the pilot's pretty important to have in a plane, right? For sure, but listen to me. Every time I have flown, and I mean every time, I've always gotten exactly where I needed to be, and not only it was the job of the pilot to fly the plane, but it was the navigator that got me to my destination every single time. Listen, the pilot is important for sure, but the navigator is important as well. Do you see, for you and I to get where we are, to where we need to be, how many understand with me today, we need a navigator. We need the truth of understanding how we get to our destination. So let me ask you a question this morning. Who is in control of your journey? See, the pilot's job was to fly the plane, but the navigator's job was to get you from where you were to where you wanted to be. And I wonder in your life today that you are living, who is navigating your journey? I think the real answer may surprise some of you and may even shock you. Here's what I want to unpack with you for just a few moments this morning. You see, control is given to who or what you choose based on trust, whether verified or perceived. Think about that. Let that soak in for just a minute. 
You see, you are where you are today because you have some kind of trust because you chose something that you believe in that's going to get something done for you, whether it's really been verified or you just perceive that that's what you need or that's what's going to get what you want out of life. How many know addiction controls? See, a lot of people think this is what I need. We believe, we choose things, we perceive that this is what I need to get out of life or to get me through life. How many know food controls? Right? This is what I need to get satisfied, that, that comforts me. How many know shopping controls? Right? How many have done that late night kind of Amazon deal, right? I can't sleep, I might as well shop, right? And we realize that, that, that we are choosing, that it has, we've, we some, we feel it, it finally, it, it has control. How many know fear controls, right? We choose, uh, whether it's truthful or not, we believe, uh, right, certain things, and that's what guides our journey, But the real journey is based on the relationship, hear me, between our submission to God and then our ability to trust in him choosing the path that we need to follow. You see, that's kind of the universal thing. There are things that we believe, that we perceive that is going to calm us or get us to our destination. But sometimes we struggle in allowing ourselves to submit to God to make that journey happen in our life. And some of you are battling that today. You're in control, and it's really leading you nowhere. It's where people, when they finally get there, realize when they say, how did I get here? It's the struggle with submitting our will over to God, knowing that he ultimately has the best plan and purpose for our life. You see, if we are not going to submit to God we ultimately will find ourselves in unintended destinations. So before we get to where it is that we want to be, there's a couple of quick things I want to share with you. First of all, it takes preparation. If we kind of keep the airline motif, we realize that, how many recognize that pilots can't stop and ask for directions mid-flight, right? For sure. Or if they run out of fuel, they can't pull over and walk back to the last exit and and get some fuel. A pre-flight check is really, really important. Somebody say yes. How many of you are glad somebody is thinking about things that that may happen that they are pre-planning so that there is no tragedy that is ahead? That was the navigator's job. He is to plan all of those things to get you to your destination. He adds in things that there may be some delay. We may face bad weather, so I'm going to make sure that there's enough fuel. I'm going to make sure that our flight plan incurs all of the things that could cause difficulty or delay in the journey. You see, if not, that flight could become fatal, and it's true in our lives as well. You see, in the old days, those airline navigators, they had to do these calculations very quickly. Why? Because the plane is moving at 500 miles an hour. Time is of the essence. 
They couldn't stand to be too far off course for too long or all kinds of delays and tragedies could face. But here's what I want you to see with me today. You see, that's where it differs with your life and my life today. The paths that we choose don't often reveal their destination until years down the road. You see, that's what's different with the airline pilot having to, and the navigator working quickly because I travel for that flight or that plane and many others throughout the day. So they've got to work quickly. However, what you and I oftentimes fail to recognize is that our choice, whether real, verified, or perceived, may not show up for years down the road. That's why choosing well is so important. When I grew up, my parents sent me to music lessons, to guitar lessons, to piano lessons with some really, really good teachers. And my dad would tell me, Jim, you need to stick with this because you'll be, I remember him saying, you'll be the life of the party. If you could play piano and have people around it and just you know, get, the, get, the, get the night set up. But after the first week, I couldn't play a thing. By the end of the first month, I could barely play chopsticks. So along the way, basketball, baseball, dirt bikes, a lot of other things merged their way onto that path. You see, I thought for the first year I would be able to play like the great concert pianist Vance Clyburn, or I could be a rock and roll piano player like Billy Joel, but nothing could be farther from the truth. In fact, I wish I could play piano today uh, like I can play it in my head because I'm really good in my head. But it doesn't translate very good today. See, how does that fit in your life? Well, what about a marriage path? Ladies, you chose the man of your dreams. The path looked so blissful. But now you have four kids, a husband who's never home, a lack of communication, and over the years, your fairy tale is starting to feel more like a nightmare. On the other side of that, some of you realize that you needed a financial plan. And along the path, you chose early to prepare for retirement. You delayed gratification. Somebody say amen. Do I need to explain that in today's culture, what delayed gratification is all about? Rather than doing what everybody else was doing and spend, 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 you saved. And now at this glory time of your life, over these past 30 years, you are enjoying life like you never have before. You're enjoying your kids. You're enjoying your grandkids. You're going places and doing things that you maybe never thought were possible in your 20s, but you were saving and you were pushing all of that other stuff off of the path so that you could stay focused, knowing that if you gave a little sacrifice now, you were going to reap the benefits for the rest of your life. There are those on the stress relief plan. You know, I just need a few glasses of wine just to unwind. That's how it starts. And then it spins into other things. Some people say, well, just a cigarette just, just takes the edge off a little bit. Or maybe other things that you smoke. Right? I snicker all the time now when I go the back way to Sam's at the back of John V. Schultz. All those people in really nice outfits trying to sell you furniture are all huddled up in the back in the freezing. Like, and I drive by and I'm like, man, that's glamorous there, isn't it? I used to be in the front door. Now you're in the back door, right? It's kind of funny, right? 
I mean, it's cigarettes and that kind of stuff is, is kind of changing our culture today. But, but through the times, researchers would calculate every cigarette would take 11 minutes off your life. On the pack of every cigarette, the Surgeon General says this stuff will kill you. But did it stop people? Why? Because here's the answer. Information is not the problem. Submission is the problem. You see, struggles in your marriage, it's not an information problem. It's not maybe even a culture problem. It's a submission problem. The reason why you're struggling financially and retirement looks further and further and further away, it's not an information problem. It's a submission problem. You have to be tantalized now. We are living in an instant gratification society. I want it now. And every choice that you are making now is going to make that path that much more difficult down the road. You see, the struggle, right, that we just talked about is, is that it may not reveal itself today or tomorrow. See, people are going to smoke cigarettes like, like going out of style today, tomorrow. Big deal, big deal. It's not going to show up. You're not going to get cancer, most likely, day two of smoking cigarettes, you're not going to get liver issues by your first glass of wine, right? These things are going to build, and it's going to take some time, and then you're going to wake up one day and realize, how did I get here? It wasn't by intention. It was the choice and the direction that you are living your life that's either choosing you life or destruction. See, the crazy thing is, is that we sometimes even pay for the advice we choose to ignore, the doctor says, no, we pay for that, and we go and do it anyway. You go to a marriage counselor because you're struggling, and they tell you, you got to do this, this, and this, and you don't do that, and you pay them the $100, and you wonder, why aren't things getting any better? See, the tragic news is that we can't go back in time. You can't reset the clock. There's no way to unmake these decisions. Moms and dads, if you are here, this is why it's so critical for you to be involved in your kid's life you got to make choices sooner than later. Okay, let me just give you one more today. You see, this idea of choosing well. Again, if we go back to aviation, there is a point in every takeoff known as the takeoff decision speed. Kind of shortened, it's called V1. So just to panic any more of you that don't like to fly, that you have to fly from time to time, there is a spot on the runway where that pilot knows that's V1. A decision, a choice has to be made at V1. We either commit to flight or we pull everything back because if we don't, we're going to overshoot the runway and calamity and disaster is going to ensue to everybody on board. And that pilot knows, I see that marker, and a decision, a choice has to be made for this to be a smooth and friendly flight from here on out. There is a moment of decision. But you know when that decision, do you know where that calculation is made for each and every one of those planes, where that V1 moment, when it takes place? It takes place during test flights before there is ever a passenger on board, through the weight and the speed 
of that plane, everyone is measured where its V1 moment needs to take place. How many are glad they figure that out before you ever get on board? They have chosen well. To make your flight the very best it can be, people have spent countless hours creating a moment where the decision, a final decision, has to be made. And I want to challenge you before we leave this morning with that thought today, even before we leave. Where is that moment in your life where your flight has been bumpy? Where the challenges of life have been challenging and you have blown by the V1 moment of your life. And you're still questioning, why is this still going on? Why am I still fighting this? Why is our marriage still not good? Why is this? Listen, it's not an information issue. It's a submission issue. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, this was David's instruction to his son Solomon. We've talked about him a little bit in this series. Here's what the Bible says. When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge, he gave this commission to his son Solomon. He said, I'm about to go the way of the earth, so here's what as a father I want to tell you as a son. So be strong and act like a man. How many know we still need that word today, Right? Be strong and act like a man and observe what it is that the Lord requires of you. Walk in obedience to him. Keep his decrees and commands, his laws, his regulations, as written in the law of Moses. Do this so you may prosper in everything and everywhere you go. If you know the Bible story, Solomon started on that path. He followed the instructions of his father to honor God, to put God first in his life. And the kingdom under Solomon rocketed like never before. In fact, just a couple of chapters later, some of you are probably aware, Solomon went to offer a sacrifice in chapter 3. And God, while he was offering a sacrifice, God says, Solomon, ask me for whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. He had this dream. Give your servant, Solomon said, a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. Some of you kind of know that. And God's, the Bible says the Lord was pleased that Solomon did not ask for a long life, did not ask for wealth, did not ask for the destruction of his enemy. So God says, I will give you, because of the pureness of your heart, I will give you what you ask. But because Solomon submitted his life to realize, God, you are in charge. You've blessed my father, but without your blessing, I would be nothing. So all I ask is that I have your help to help me get from where I am to where you are. God, I need you. And look what the Bible says. So God says, moreover. Everybody say, moreover. So what does that mean? God's saying, listen, I'm going to give you what I promised you, but I'm going to give you what you didn't even ask for. Hear me today, church. This is what submission to God will do in your life. It doesn't look like that. When you choose that path, you sometimes just think, like, I don't know how this is going to work. This doesn't make sense to me. You're so used to being in control. This is the way I would do it. This is what makes me stuff. But God says, if you will submit to me, I will not only give you what you desire. Moreover, I will do what you don't even know what to ask for. He said, 
I will do what you did not ask. I will give you both wealth and honor. And if you walk in obedience to me, there's the key, submission, and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you abundant life. Somebody say yes today. But we fast forward quickly in Solomon's life. And although he began that way, just like kind of my musical career, he got a little off focus and other things started to merge onto his path. Some of you know that story. He was no longer laser-focused, no longer submitted. He was building an empire, and somewhere along the line, Solomon said, look what I am doing. Look what I am building. There is nothing like this. Some of you just know from history that we still talk about the gardens and the the temples of Solomon now two or 3,000 years later because of the incredible work that he was able to do. We read Ecclesiastes 1, and he details all of this for us. At the end of letting other things merge with his decision To be in control of his life, at the end, he simply says, everything that I have tried to do is meaningless. You see, he fought with the submission of God for the rest of his life. This is really big. Let me give you these four things really quick. He said, this wisdom that I was given, I thought I was a know-it-all. I thought everybody was coming to me because of everything that I could share with them. At the end, meaningless. Pleasure. I said to myself, come now, I will test you, talking to himself. I will will explore every type of pleasure that, that a human could have to find out what is good. But at the end, it is proved to be meaningless. Prestige. I took on great projects. I built houses. I planted vineyards. I made gardens. I made parks. I own more herds and flocks than anyone at any time. At the end, I amassed more gold and silver, silver than any human on earth. And at the end, it's all sitting there, and it means in my soul absolutely nothing. Profit. I denied myself nothing that my eye desired. I want it. I got it. I want that. I took it. And at the end, all of it was meaningless. You see, my challenge to us this morning, I'm going to end with just these couple of questions today, is truly, you got to be honest with me this morning. Really, who or what is in control of your journey? You see, for some, it, it maybe is some perceived thing. But the only thing that you and I can trust in is that God knows your path better than you know your path. And until you and I are willing to submit to his path, to his road in your life, can I tell you that your future will be as meaningless as Solomon's? You see, I think when we read through the Bible, I'm not sure God's primary interest is that it's just about making right decisions all the time. Because as good as we are, how many know we're still going to make some bad decisions? And it's not about panicking us, just trying to stay right before God all the time. Here's what I think God is really after. God is simply after more of you. That's really your decision today. It's not you being in control. It's God just saying, hey, listen, if it comes down to you or me, I know you better than you know yourself. 
I'm not interested in rights and wrongs. I'm more interested in your desire to have a personal connection with me and my knowledge of guiding your path better. Submitting to God's will. Submitting to God's ways. That's how we find trust in him. So here's what I want to leave you with this morning. I want you to think about your life today. Maybe your marriage, your finances, your relationship, your hurts, your past. There is a V1 moment on your journey today. There is a line that pilot has to say, when I get to that line, I've got to be either committed to fly or to pull way back. And I challenge you this morning to think about your path today. I think some of you realize there is a V1 moment that you have been ignoring. Why things aren't changing. Why things still look struggling ahead. Why you can't find peace or happiness. It's because it's the issue of your submission to God today. There is a V1 moment today. And I ask you today, are you committed to fly? Are you committed in your marriage? Are you committed with raising kids? Are you committed with your spiritual life? Are you committed with your finances? Are you committed with, it's not really a, an addiction, Pastor. It's just a bad habit. No, it's controlling you. And it's time for a V1 moment where you have got to submit that thing and give it to God and let him heal you and deliver you and stop babying it and nurturing it. You've got to make a decision today. And it to control you. Because whether you know it or not, if God is not controlling it, it is controlling you. You see, submission is the path that leads to eternal life. What God is simply asking is that he's the navigator in your life. He wants to get you from where you are to where you truly want to be. So I'm going to pray for you and we're going to close this morning. I'm going to ask whatever that thing is and I want to pray for you specifically this morning that you will begin this journey of giving God this control in your life. Can I ask you, don't give it any more time. Don't give it another moment, another day, another week. Don't waste your time. You see, unfortunately, you're going to wake up five years from today, ten years from today, realizing that you're just further down the wrong path. And the effort of going back can be disastrous. Today is a day to make a decision. Man, we have been in the presence of God all day today. I can tell you today that God can do in this next moment more than you could even ask, hope, or imagine. I'm going to ask you if you'll stand with me all over this congregation this morning. See, Solomon was right when he said this. There is a way which seemeth right to a man. But in the end... With us alone, 
it often just leads to death and destruction. So I want to pray for you, and I want you to offer to God this morning, what is this V1 moment in your life that you are facing? That they simply with a prayer to say, God, this is it. I've heard Pastor Jim. I've been in your presence today. I know you have been talking to me and dealing. Listen, if God is talking to you today, it's not by surprise. God's not just tapping you on the shoulder today about this thing. Hello? Today is just the day to deal with it. Today is the day to commit to fly.